Welcome, everyone, to the Game Ball Podcast. I am your host, Tom Schuster. Joining me tonight are Jenny Aquino and Mark Myers. Tonight, we'll be discussing our Super Smash Bros. wish list and reviewing our retro roulette game, Super Mario Bros. 3, for the Nintendo Entertainment System. But before we get to all of that, what have you guys been playing? Mark? Oh, yeah. Um, so, as a little inside um, the podcast, I'll record this. Um, very shortly after the last one you may have heard. <laughs> so, I've only played one game, and as I texted to both of you, um, for about nine hours, I went back on my bullshit and started playing Death Stranding again. Yep. <laughs> um, I'll say this, um, while the game's story was okay, and, you know, the gameplay's fine, you can just get lost for hours in there just delivering packages. Like, it is a very, like, meditative, like, all right, uh, especially in the second area where I, um, oh, yeah, I officially built all the road and the highway in the second section of Death Stranding. So I can drive to just about every outpost without ever having to worry about uh, the BTs, you know, the big monsters in there <laughs> or or any of the, uh, um, uh, the like, terrorist groups or... or um, like people to try to steal your packages. So I can just drive right on path. So it's literally not a game anymore. It's a delivery simulator. Well, that's, uh, that's what you want, right? That's, yeah. That's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's truck and simulator. Yeah, that's essentially uh, that <laughs> in, in a post-apocalyptic world with uh, Norman Reedus. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was a little upset that there wasn't like any kind of trophy for finishing the highway. But as I looked at the trophies, it seems like I get a trophy if I complete and level up all of the things, like all the roads, all the bridges, you know, once, right. once I do everything, I would get a trophy. But it was one of those satisfying moments that I did it. Um, and when I was done doing it, I stopped and went, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> There's Good nothing you, more I need to do in this game. Short of, obviously, I may pick up the director's cut at some point. Um, just to as, see, or the director's plus, as as Kojima wants to call it, <laughs> because I didn't cut anything. Oh, it's basically what he said in an interview. <laughs> well, um, yeah, because it was his thing; he could do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Um, if, that, if there's one thing that game needed, it was an editor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just to see what the new missions and all are about. But um, yeah, the one I'm playing it on my PS5. You know, the PS4 version. Mm-hmm. One of the annoying things, and I don't know if this was in the PS4 version, so those of you out there that have played the PS4 version more recently, like on a PS4 than I have, um, the baby is loud in the uh, controller speakers, and it, when it starts crying, it gets it gets kind of annoying. It's like the, uh, and it's not even from, oh man, I hate crying babies. It gets to that, you know, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island level. Ooh, that's um, annoying good. crying when you when he goes all the way to the whatever his zone is where you have to go rest to bring him back. Um, yeah, it's just I was like, ooh, I don't remember that being this loud on the PS4. But yeah, it's still dumb, real dumb. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, just basically driving one of their big armored trucks across the country and uh, or just one section of the map. I'm gonna go see. I'm because you get fast travel after you beat the game. Mm. So I'm going to travel to the third section to see if there's anything to build there, because that's basically by that point I was just trying to finish the game. Um, right. 
but I don't think so. But I'm, I'm, I, I, when the directors could come out, two things I want to check is the new mission, see what the third world has to offer. But um, yeah, yeah, that that's what I played. Um, I kept wanting to play Yakuza, but you know, just ran out of time. I ended up doing uh, actual yard work, um, <laughs> long stretches of yard work for probably the first time in my life. Uh, um, I, I picked weeds out of sidewalks Ooh, in the city. First. <laughs> that's not much, but this was literally ripping out all the weeds from a like little front patch of dirt in front of the house that we haven't. I guess my mom's boyfriend hadn't weeded in like since last year, so it, it was pretty bad. I looked at him, I was like, "This is grass, right?" He was like, "No." I'm like, "Oh." a lot of weeds uh, so yeah so as i texted everybody i knew after i did it i was like my entire body hurts and i'm dying is how i felt yep. all day on sunday <laughs> uh, so yeah so that's why i didn't get to play more games outside of the retro roulette game um that we played because i'm always down for a good half hour hour of mario 3 but yeah yeah i wish i had a little bit more to um say but i think until game release season comes out i'm probably just going to be you know, playing Yakuza or going into my backlog a little bit, maybe getting a little further in Witcher 3 and things like that, um, you know, uh, rather than trying to find every single indie game, um, you know. Uh, but, yeah, so looking forward to uh, to Madden, like, what, three weeks? <laughs> That's when all the games start coming out. John Madden comes down from his mountain. <laughs> yeah. deems that the video games can release. And then, then we have new video games every year. Yep. How about you, Jen? Um, so I've been playing the usual, so Dead by Daylight and Phasmo. Um, I also played, I think I hinted at this our last podcast, I tried out Ghost Hunters Corp, which is the new uh, Phasmo-like game that is an early release currently on Steam. Um, it's interesting. It's it, I don't know if it's because I'm so used to Phasmo by now that this game seems a lot scarier. Because I remember Phasmo being pretty scary if we rewind back to, you know, the podcast when I first started playing and I was, like, giving myself nightmares about it. Um, but this game just has, I don't know, it feels different when you're in the house with the ghost because basically you don't have, um, like, a build-up time to when the ghost in Phasmo gets angrier and angrier or more likely to hunt. Like, your sanity that you have in Phasmo, there's none of that in Ghost Hunters Corp. So basically... As soon as you pull up and open the van door, the initial opening of the door, the ghost can technically kill you at any time it wants, like for no reason at all. Um, so there's not that sense of safety in this game, which I like, but it's also very scary. Um, you have a ton of equipment to use. So you have, you know, the typical like the EMF reader and you have cameras and stuff, but then you have all kinds of protection items, which is pretty cool. You have a statue of Mary, you have, um, a tiger's eye, you have um, incense sticks, you have all kinds of stuff that you can use. Uh, there's a Polaroid camera because apparently certain kinds of ghosts don't like flashing lights. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> so you have to like do all this work to find evidence. The ghost is constantly trying to murder you. Um, you hear the heartbeat when it's close. It screams, it knocks on things, it throws things, it laughs in your ears. Like it's real creepy. It walks on the ceiling. Um, yeah, the ghost models from what I've seen so far are pretty creepy. Um, and I've only been to one map, which is a small house, which is like the, the first map, I guess you're kind of recommended to start at because the rest are pretty big, I think. 
Um, but after you go through all of this stuff, trying to figure out what kind of ghost it is, then you have to exercise it. And I think in exorcism, you have to do three things that pertain to that kind of ghost in order to successfully exercise the ghost. And then you can leave and you get all of your, your money and um, experience. I think if you leave without exercising the ghost, you have to make sure you go back into the house and take out all of your equipment because if you don't, then you lose it in game. Anything that's not like a default starter item. So it's, it's pretty not, interesting. At least they're not um, completely um, like uh, strict about it and make you lose yeah. everything. Agreed, which is what I thought it was at first because, I mean, it is still in early release mode. So there's a ton of bugs that they're still working on. I mean, a ridiculous amount of bugs. Um, but when I first looked at the, um, what do they call it? The, uh, the, the contract screen in the beginning where you pick where you're going, and it's kind of like you're being hired by this person that lives at this location. It looked like you had to pay for everything. So I'm like, seriously, how are you supposed to start out if you have no money? But if you want to pick your map, they make you pay for it. And then if you want to bring in extra supplies, they make you pay for it. And you have to be a certain level, similar to Phasmo, you have to be a certain level to be able to buy items in game to replenish your supplies. So like you start out with two jars of holy water. And if you waste both of them and then you need more, if you're a certain level, like six, I think, and above, you can buy more and bring it into the truck. It like appears in your truck. But um, it's different enough from Phasmo that I feel like if this game uh, developer worked on the bugs and, you know, fixed a lot of the issues that it currently has and made some improvements, I could see both games coexisting. Um, Phasmo is also going through a major overhaul, which I think I talked about on the last podcast. So I feel like they could potentially branch in two different directions, but still exist together. So um, I had a lot of fun when I was playing. It was interesting. Like I said, it was scary. I can't see myself soloing this game at all. <laughs> uh, I Is that the same I, thing you said about the other games? <laughs> well, I had no choice but to solo the other game, and I was a big, huge chicken, and I would, like, stand in the doorway and yell at the ghost. But in this game, the ghost can come right outside at you. There's no safe spaces. You can't hide from it. Uh, it can come outside. It bangs. If you go into your van, it can chase you into the van. It can bang the door down. It slams on the door. Then it can break the door down. Then you have to hide in the bathroom and it can break that door down too. It's crazy. So yeah, there's, there's no, well, there's some downtime, but there's really no downtime because you can essentially get attacked at any time. So it's wild. Uh, and like I said, it is very buggy. So anyone out there who might be interested in trying it, just keep that in mind. I personally think the purchase price is a little steep for how buggy it is right now, but hopefully it's going to turn into a really awesome game. And then it'll be worth it. It's How much is it? Currently seventeen dollars. Oh, well, I think it was I mean, it's early, early access, right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Phasmo was only fourteen, thirteen ninety nine. So I think this one might have been seventeen ninety nine. And then after tax, it comes to almost twenty dollars. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I feel like you know that's a little steep, but I mean, it's it's obviously cheaper than the game would be once it comes out fully. So. Um, yeah, if you're a fan of Phasmo and you're looking for something that could potentially fill the void of terror for you, <laughs> I would recommend trying out Ghost Hunters Corp with friends and definitely walk through the tutorial section in the beginning and learn about everything because there's so much stuff that you have to remember. It's crazy. So yeah, it sounds, uh, it sounds like yeah, it's wild. I don't, uh, Mark. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you would like it. I doubt it. I I feel like it's too similar to the parts of Phasmo you don't like. <laughs> But you never know. Um, but yeah, other than that, 
I believe I haven't even gotten a chance to continue Majora's Mask yet. Um, I only played our uh, retro roulette game that we're going to talk about later. A fine Zelda game. <laughs> yes. Yes, nobody nobody said it was in the last podcast, <laughs> just to clarify. All right. So, yeah, like everybody mentioned, it's it's rather soon after recording the last one. So I really only played one game. I loaded up Destiny 2 on the PC because I was feeling nostalgic, if that's I feel possible. You, yeah. I bet. I mean, is it, is that possible to feel nostalgic for a game that came out it, within three years? I don't know. Oh, I, I wasn't even talking about the nostalgia. I was just talking about getting back on your bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, really get back on my bullshit. Destiny. Um, we, can, we can say you can be nostalgic because we were playing that right before and then during like the start of the pandemic, where we all know the pandemic is like time doesn't exist. Oh, so yeah. it could have been a million years ago for all we know. But you never <laughs> stop playing it. Essentially, right. right? <laughs> yeah. that, that time did not count. Yep. You're still playing Destiny. But it's amazing how smooth that game is. I, I don't I don't know what it is. There's just something about it on PC that it's just way smoother than most FPSs. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just the way it works on my computer or if my computer handles it r- really well. It might just be it. But uh, it's it's always fun. Every time I load it up, it's just it's fun, and I forget why I stopped playing. I think I'd just get bored one day, and then I'd just never load it up again. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing, other than uh, Retro Roulette, which, if you watched the stream, you, you saw how frustrated I was trying to play it on stream. But after after getting off the stream, I was fine. I think it's just trying to talk and play that game at the same time. But uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. But even though it's been a short amount of time since the last time we recorded, a lot of stuff still managed to happen. Mm-hmm. So Jen is going to let us know all of the lovely things that have happened since the last episode. Yep. So my first story goes to show that no matter what situation someone may be in, a cheater is going to cheat. So Twitch <laughs> rival streamer, uh, and I know I'm going to butcher this and I apologize in advance, Davska R. Okay. Has been banned from Twitch after accusations of cheating surfaced during a $75,000 Twitch Rivals Warzone tournament that happened, I believe, within the last couple of days. Um, See, I, t- I told you they shouldn't have kicked me out of it. <laughs> I know. It was naturally you should have been there instead of him, and now look what happened. Yeah. So Wait. It, it, I'm sorry to cut in. No, you're good. Do you, if you can find that photo again, is mm-hmm. he the one that you actually replaced me with? <laughs> I don't know, but that would be incredible. I have to figure that out. <laughs> Oh, I would die. That would be great. So keep so. an eye on the Game Ball Twitter. Yes. Um, if that is true, Jen will, will mm-hmm. have to tweet it out. I think we should post the photo anyway, but we'll confirm if that's who was was yeah. removed. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good point. So if you search for the video, you can find it all over YouTube. You can see, basically, he's using an aimbot. He's shooting at enemies through buildings or vehicles. He snaps his gun up so fast. It's way faster than a regular movement would be in the game. And if you look at the slow-mo video, which of course people have done too, it's so painfully obvious that he's using an aimbot because his gun at one point is pointed like feet away from someone's head and the bullets are hitting them and killing them at the same time. And obviously this is pretty obvious. Like It's obvious evidence that he was cheating. He's using an aimbot. But he's still being referred to as an alleged cheater. Uh, but again, they did ban him. 
And it just goes to show you, like people, some people just can't play a game normally. Like this is a pretty big streamer. He is a Twitch rival streamer, and he thought that it was a good idea to allegedly was use a game box. He was live. I'm pretty like, sure he was live. Yeah, because I I saw the video and it sounded like he was live talking to um chat or and his teammates. I mean, he had like his overlay up and everything. Usually Twitch rivals is live, so uh yeah, I don't know how he didn't think that people wouldn't would notice like wouldn't notice this because you know how people are with the internet i mean it makes makes me wonder how long he was doing it right like maybe he was new to aimbot didn't think or do you think he was so confident it could have been the first time he used it right yeah it's it's probably one or the other either he was like oh this will be a good idea and i'll be guaranteed my money and didn't realize how obvious it was going to be or he's used it for so long that he kind of just got comfortable with it and thought that he was safe you know, that's how he got, you know, it's the, yeah. it's the Milli Vanilli effect. Right. <laughs> wild. So, yeah, fun times. Um, and then, to, I guess, to call back from a previous podcast we've done, Warzone, since I believe this past May, has banned 500,000 accounts, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, I'm going off the top of my head, so I'm pretty sure that was the number that I read um, for hacking and aimbot. So I know they did a big crackdown early this spring. And uh, clearly there are people and big people out there who are still doing it. Um, I mean, that, doesn't, is, that, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. No. Like, even when we're playing Plunder, I feel like it happened. Yeah, there are times where you definitely question things like, how did that happen? Um, yeah, and uh, for me, hearing this story and coming off the podcast and documentary that I watched recently on the U.S. gymnastics team, people will do whatever it takes to win. No matter what it is. It, yep. I, I, I know this is going to sound stupid, but it's just a video game. Yeah. Like, it, it's not, like, I don't understand what, why people do it for video. It's like, if, if you need that to feel good, like, I'm sorry. I feel sorry for you. Yeah. It's, it, it's it, really not, not, that not worth it. It's just that they're probably that way in everything in their life. They have to win. So mm-hmm. they will resort to cheating to win because winning makes them feel good and it makes people pay attention to them. Um, right. You know, right. and that's why I said I wouldn't be surprised if this rivals guy had been using it the whole time. And it just, maybe it didn't work well this one time and people caught him. Right. You know, yeah. he, just got, he just got lax with it. Yeah. Or there was a lag because it was a special event, you know, right. you know, anything could have happened, you know, but yeah, but yeah, but he could have also done it for the first time as well. <laughs> but you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if it came out that they looked that people were now scouring his other videos. Oh yeah, I mean see. his his account's down, but if he has a YouTube channel, yeah, I don't know if that's still up or not. But I yeah, would, I'm sure people are. If he locks his channel, I suspect more he's been using it all. So yeah, the moral of the story is stop cheating. <laughs> you it. will get caught. You will get time. caught. Yes, people people these days are are going to catch you. So yeah. Moving on to a, uh, a fun topic. If uh, you're a Ghost of Shishima player and an animal lover, you're going to want to hear this. Ghost of Shishima just came out with an Iki Island expansion, which is launching alongside of the director's cut. Um, it allows you as the protagonist, I think his name is Jin Sakai, to pet even more animals than the base game. And I'm specifically also directing this story to Ant, our friend Ant, who <laughs> very much enjoyed petting the dogs in Red Dead 2. So listen up. 
there's a wild cat in the game that apparently you can tame by playing a flute, and then it lets you play it. <laughs> I've had it. Yeah, this sounds this sounds just up Ant's alley. He may have to pick up the ghost. Yeah. So aside from the wild cat, you can also do this with deer and monkeys in the game. You play a little flute, and it tames them for some reason, and then you get to pet them, and I think like feed them treats and stuff. And I think there's like foxes and probably dogs that you can do this already with, but it's a dumb, short, silly little story that I thought was adorable. <laughs> and the the picture of uh of the Iki Island expansion that I saw with the protagonist like feeding a monkey was so adorable. Like this would be this would be like for sure one of my top reasons to try to play that game just to be able to you know, like mess around and and play with the animals. So that's the kind of stuff that I appreciate. So yeah, like I said, if you're an animal lover and you like Ghost of Tsushima, or even if you're just an animal lover and you like games, I would suggest picking up the uh, expansion and uh, having fun with animals. Oh, yeah, I, I would totally agree with that, because usually animal lovers, all they want to do is pet animals. In yeah, that's right. it. Yeah, simple as that. And a game loses or gains a point if I can pet the dog. Exactly. So exactly. a deer, monkey, wild cat, even better. Yeah. Or just, just a dog. Pet. Just a dog, though. Just a dog. Only if you can pet the dog. Because uh, Hades went from an 8.5 to a 9.5 when I could pet Cerberus. <laughs> that is true, though. The little stuff like that that you throw into a game, it really goes the extra mile for a lot of people. All right. So, just as promised, we already have a Netflix gaming update for you guys. And it's been not that long since we talked about this on our last <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, so, Netflix has just announced that they are going to be offering games to be included in member subscriptions at no additional cost. So, yeah, we were we were assuming on our last podcast episode that they were probably going to maybe offer it as like a package that you can add on to your current subscription. Um, but they basically said that initially they're focusing on coming out with original games for mobile devices and it is going to be an ad-free experience so you can play on your phone or your tablet and there's not going to be any in-game purchases so they're not going to be like pay to play or play pay to win, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, they also mentioned that even though they are focusing on mobile currently, all devices that can operate Netflix are candidates for its games for the future. So that obviously includes like PlayStation, Xbox, your PCs, and some TVs that are, you know, smart TVs that can connect to the internet. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're saying this is still in early stages, so this is going to be like a multi-year effort so we're obviously going to watch this roll out slowly but i think it's interesting that they're taking that route my i mean the most surprising thing to me was that they're not going to be charging extra for games um whether this stays as original games or whether it branches out to you know larger titles where obviously i would assume you'd have to pay for them at that point but yeah i I just can't wait for this to beat uh google's yes (laughs) uh stadia google streaming service stadia yeah 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 We'll have to see. I bet you a hundred bucks it works works better. And more people... Yeah, yeah we'll have to find better. out. I mean, at this point, I think Stadia's dead, right? I don't think... I've, I've heard zero about Stadia in the uh, past yeah, year. Yeah, I really haven't either. R.I.P., I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, I think they missed the mark on, you know, what the model was supposed to be in terms of that kind of, of gaming platform. I think they just didn't have any games. Like there was just yeah. they just didn't have anything to. Yeah, to, but it, uh, it, it's the it's the curse of being the first one out the door. Right. Right. You know, you can make all the mistakes, and Luna and Netflix and all them can go. Okay, we're not doing that. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Point. I but the the thing is with Google, they'll they'll do it and then they'll just give up on it and they won't even like try. Like Google Plus. Google Plus was out for like three years and then they were like, Yeah, we're gonna shut it down. So Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll have some more updates. Maybe it's going to be every week. Who knows? <laughs> but we'll we'll let you guys. We'll keep you updated as as you know as quickly as we become updated ourselves, and we'll talk about it more as it goes. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to talk about was or is huge news. If you are a content creator looking to update your setup or add to your current setup, um, so the awesome Elgato company has announced that they uh, will have announced and have come out with some exciting new tech that um, I know I'm kind of interested in at least one of them, but Mm -hmm. you guys can jump in and let me know what you think too as I go through it. Um, So personally, the part that I'm the most excited for is their new webcam called the Facecam. So initially, like my first... My first thought when looking at the face cam without any specs, it kind of looks like the stream cam, which is what I use. So I found it interesting to compare them. Um, so the lens apparently that this camera is made with is supposed to make image perimeters more sharp, enhance color and contrast and tonality without giving it that weird tint or distortion that sometimes you get when you're messing around with coloring in your in your um, in your camera. Yeah, it's a, and, that's a uh, big problem with webcams. Yeah. Um, they also put in anti, 18 anti-reflective coatings, which is supposed to um, improve detail of the image while preventing stuff like lens flares, and it blocks um, IR light as well. And it has an 82-degree field of view, which is slightly wider than the stream cam. I think the stream cam is 78 degrees. Um, but it's still, I mean, both of them have a pretty nice, you know, degree of, degree of view there. And it has an optimized focus, and it's going to present video in 1080p at 60 frames per second, which is the same as StreamCam. Um, and for those of you who like to use your webcam as a microphone, it's also built with a Sony Starvis CMOS sensor, which is supposed to capture details in your voice while also minimizing background noise. So similar to certain settings on microphones, how you can change it to be like the cardioid setting kind of has a sensor built in from Sony that does that or supposed to do that anyway. Um, Other specs include a custom heat sink to make sure that it stays cool, uh, flash memory. So it saves your settings to the camera. So you don't have to set them every single time that you're using it. That is Um, huge. Yes. I, (laughs) that jumped out at me and I was like, Oh my God, I could totally use this because you guys know how often I'm changing my webcam settings every <laughs> single time I turn it on. Sorry, stream cam, but you need to get with the program. Um, aside from that, you can, um, it gives you ma- manual control. So basically you can kind of control it similar to a DSLR if you wanted to. Um, it has a USB 3.0 interface that connects to the camera. And then the other end that goes into the computer is the USB-C. Um, and it also comes with a clamp to attach it to the top of a monitor, which is nice, or it has the ability to screw into a regular mount. Um, so, I mean, overall, this camera is pretty good. It retails, though, it's, it's pretty pricey. It retails at uh, $199.99. Yeah, that's 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 my biggest gripe is the yeah. price. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> expensive. And, you know, Elgato is expensive. So Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of good features, and it's, yes. it's very functional for a lot of people. Uh, especially people who you know who don't want to spend five hundred dollars on a DSLR or mirrorless camera. 
Right. Um, it's it's kind of a good in between between the, a cheap crap uh, webcam and like super over the top. But um, you know, it's it's one ninety nine is tough price because yeah. I think all of I think most of its competitors are cheaper than that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think I think the stream cam mm-hmm. is what one fifty. The stream like cam is one sixty nine. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a it's a good forty or thirty dollars less. It's yeah. It's not it's not an insignificant amount. Yeah. And and overall, I mean, it's basically a little bit larger and a little bit flashier than a stream cam. Yeah. But between the two, I mean, yeah, I would love for my camera to save its settings every time. I would love to have uh supposedly a a better you know coloring and stuff like that, but. I haven't compared them side by side to be able to truly judge which is better in that aspect. Yeah. Um, but it sounds great. I probably would not go for it at one ninety nine ninety nine, especially because I have the stream cam already. I would wait until maybe Black Friday. I'll keep an eye on it and see what happens. Yeah, that's it's um, definitely something that I'm going to look for when it's on sale. Yeah, because it's, it's okay. going to be a great camera for sure. Yeah, and I. You know, I my camera stuff is what I've been struggling the most with yeah. on my stream setup. Like just getting getting a good camera setup is not no, it's not. Webcams are garbage for the most. <laughs> part. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about this one. I, it'll stay in my wish list for a while until you know I can find it on sale somewhere. Yeah. Um. So they also came out with two mic arms. So they have the Wave mic arm. And the Wave Mic LP arm, which is just low profile arm. So the low profile arm is exactly what it sounds like. And it's going to come with pretty much the same perks as what I'm going to list really quick for the regular mic arm. Um, obviously it's low profile, so it doesn't go up as high. Um, so the Wave Mic arm has a 360 degree rotation ball head for the mic. So you can literally position your mic wherever you want. Um, it has a padded clamp and a custom counterweight. So it really keeps it secure to your desk. And I really appreciate when clamps for different, you know, like arms and and mounts and stuff have that padding on there because I like my desk and I don't want it to be scratched. (laughs) So I really appreciate that extra touch. Um, Its overall reach is up to almost 31 inches. uh, And it also has a detachable riser, which I thought it was interesting. So I guess if you have a standing desk and you need that additional height, it gives you, um, I believe, up to six inches of additional height if you want to you know, attach the riser on there. It's also good if you have your mic go over the top of your, like if you are either using dual monitors or Mm -hmm. uh, you have a good enough mic that you can set it away from your face. A lot of people go above the monitor and over. Yeah. And and it could also be good if you have a very limited space or maybe you have a tiny desk and one big screen that you're working with and you need your mic to go over the screen, you know, so it's definitely helpful. Um, my favorite, and you're not going to be surprised by this, my favorite uh, <laughs> part of, of the mic arm is that it comes with a cable channel to hide your cables. Yeah, that's big. So awesome. <laughs> it's literally like a little detachable piece that comes off. You put your cable in it, and then you cover it, and you can't see it. You can't get tangled in it like I do. Your dog won't come over and rip it out and destroy your controller or whatever that you have plugged into your computer at the same time. That totally didn't happen to me. That's just an example. Um, but yeah, it looks great. It looks yeah, great. Um, I, I my, was I was this close to buying that LP arm on day one. Yeah. But 
there is some stuff with my desk I need to fix before I, I get another mic arm. Yeah. I was going to say, it looks it looks really nice, aside from, I can't tell, I have to see it in person, obviously, but it looks a little bit thicker and, like, chunkier than I would like a mic arm to look. Um, it just looks pretty hefty. Like Well, it, it needs arm. to be, because it. I'm pretty sure that in their, their presser, they're mm-hmm. saying that it's supposed to hold, like, any mic. It's any super heavy mic. Like, yep. like the Blue Yeti is the the standard they go to when they talk about a heavy microphone, and they show right. it holding it no problem. So that's why it looks so right, chunky. Right, right. Yeah. And then, like I said before, they do have, like, a custom counterweight built in, so obviously that's, you know, it's to be able to support any mic, like you just said. But that was my only, like, kind of gripe that I had with it. I was like, eh, I'm used to my really skinny mic arm, but... I mean, if it's a kick-ass mic arm, which it sounds like, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Um, so the mic arm and the LP arm both retail for ninety nine ninety nine, which, again, is very steep for a mic arm because, you know, you can go on Amazon and get one for 15 bucks, but yeah. it's all about the quality that you're getting with it. Exactly. So you kind of have to be the, you know, the judge of that. Whatever works for you and your setup. You get what you pay for with mic arms. Oh, yes. Epost uh, yes. Vox just did a, a big mic arm shootout on his channel it's like 40 minutes long talking about mic arms but it's super interesting if you want if you you know if you're if you're interested in getting an arm for your microphone and you just have no idea what you're looking for check out that video it's it's really helpful awesome yeah um the next thing that they came out with is the wave xlr so it's basically allowing you to control multi Elgato devices. Um, so you can set your game, your volume, your crossfade. You can mute. Um, it also comes with interchangeable stylish faceplate. So if you want to customize your device, you can do so. <laughs> Fancy. Um, yeah. And it works along with their Wavelength Mixer program as well. Uh, so, I mean, I guess if you don't have the Wave mic, then this would be the next next bit best thing if you want to have the Wavelength mixer because it does allow you to, you know, change things with a super easy dial. And it's nice and compact. It could sit right next to your stream deck and look all pretty. <laughs> um, this, in future? I don't know. Cause so I have the I have the Wave Mic, right. Wave Mic 3 or whatever it's called. So I have the ability to do pretty much what the XLR can do on my microphone. Yeah. Um, and I have the Wavelength mixer program too. So I don't think I would need the XLR, but, um, I could see it definitely being something that somebody could use. I think it retails for almost $160. So, which if you're looking for an audio interface is not that bad. Um, I have one huge gripe with the thing. It does not have like, it does, it does not have speaker output. It has a headphone output. But not everybody wants to listen to headphones all the time. Right. So the fact that it doesn't have speaker outs is really weird to me. Yeah. And like you, you have, you, you have to, like if you want it to be an all in one thing and like control your audio at all times, you, you'd have, you'd have to like really jig rig something to get it to go out to speakers or, or have your speakers hooked up directly to your computer. Yeah. And only use headphones with that, which I don't know. I find that to be, Kind of dumb, but that's just kind of like what I do right now is I have speakers hooked up to my computer directly and I have a stream deck. So I have it programmed to switch my output. So it's either going to come through my headphones or if I switch it, I have it set to come through my speakers. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to, you know, find like a back way 
to set up your stuff if you wanted to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, one, $159.99 is the retail for that. And then, uh, the last thing that they announced was the Stream Deck MK2, which basically to summarize it quickly is just a revamp, uh, of the Stream Deck, the original Stream Deck. It has 15 LCD keys, which is the same as the original Stream Deck. Um, it has a customizable, it has a customizable feature where you can do those, um, custom face plates, like I mentioned for the XLR. It's, it's definitely their, their big draw between the XLR and the Stream Deck MK2 is being able to customize it with these faceplates. Um, it also comes with an interchangeable, or, um, excuse me, a new stand. So I believe with both, like the actual Stream Deck on the stand, I believe it's slightly thicker than the original Stream Deck, but it's a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the retail pricing for the Stream Deck MK2 is the exact same as the original Stream Deck. It's $149.99. And then the additional faceplates are $10 pretty much per faceplate. So I guess if you're looking for something that's customizable, go with the MK2. Or if you just want to collect the new stream deck, um, that would be probably one of the only draws. This kind of reminds me of the new Switch they're coming out with, in yeah. a way. There's mm-hmm. really nothing different about it, but you can like have that nice new look to it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the key word in in most of that story that you use, Jen, is uh, you said if you need it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but when need. have we really purchased anything we need? Right. <laughs> that was yeah, exactly. If you need with quotes around it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I guess too, if you don't have a stream deck yet and you're looking to get one, then obviously go with the new one because. I was looking at the specs. I was comparing them side by side. They didn't say anything is improved really on the Steam Deck MK2 versus the original Steam Deck, um, aside from the customization and the slightly lighter weight with the new stand. So nothing, you know, performance wise is going to blow you out of the water between the two. So, so yeah, that was, that was it. We had the Stream Deck MK2, the Wave XLR, the mic arms and the face cam all from Elgato. So, uh, let us know. If you guys are interested in any of those things and if you think you're going to be adding them to your setup and why, I think it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Always like to hear input on other people's streams. Yep. We're all, I mean, I am constantly in flux with mine for whatever reason. I just am. I just can't leave well enough of them. Like I just got a, I got a new monitor arm because I was like, I don't, I don't like not being able to move my monitor up and down. So I got a monitor arm. So yeah. It's just constantly changing. <laughs> it's never the same two weeks in a row. That's okay. All right. Uh, well, I guess we can move on to our main topic, which is our Super Smash Bros. wish list. And so there, so just for, so everybody knows, there is only one Super Smash Bros. Ultimate uh, spot left. There's one fighter left. And we've compiled the list of what we think should be in there. Each of us have three choices. Uh, I I feel like after we all go through our three choices, let's try to pick one. Oh boy, we're battling it out. We're gonna we're gonna try to pick one. I don't <laughs> I don't know that I we'll we'll see we'll see what everybody's got, but it should be interesting. Um, let's see, Mark, you wanna go first? Yeah. So obviously, you know, uh, a lot of characters that have been put into Smash Brothers, you know, are very sword based. You know, a lot of swords going around. I say, why do we have to stop at swords? Sakurai, put John Wick in Smash, you coward. 
Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I love that presentation that you just gave, Mark. I got to say, it was theatrical. It was great. Mark's been working on that all afternoon. That was that was breathtaking. Yes, it was. Very breathtaking. <laughs> You're breathtaking. You're breathtaking. <laughs> oh man, that was great. Uh, let's see, Mark. Go ahead and give us give us the rest of them while while you're at it. All right. Yeah. So um, don't have much of a speech for the rest of them, but That's okay. um, you got the good one out of the way first. You got the good one out of the way. Um, you know, I I am very much a Persona fan, so I would uh, be down for um, either. I'll, I'll, I'll give two because it can be either or. Um, you know, either give me a Chie from Persona 4 or give me, uh, my, my beautiful, uh, Persona 5 girlfriend, Makoto, um, <laughs> in there. Um, uh, real you know. quick, they, they have Joker in there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's why I'm saying either or because they might go to Persona 4, you know, instead of five because they already have a five character in there. But then again they have like nine Dragon Quest characters, so um, Which is so so weird to me because Dragon <laughs> Quest has like no interesting characters. Yeah. I'm gonna piss somebody off with that. I'm sorry. But uh-huh. I don't think I feel like Dragon Quest at least the main characters don't have any story. Yeah, because yeah, uh, and my explanation for that is that Chie um is already built in martial artist in that game. Very into Kung Fu and stuff like that. Um, in, in, in Persona 4, so she already has a built-in moveset, and Makoto can attack with a badass motorcycle, so, uh, I don't know, one or the other. Uh, so, yeah, so, those two from Persona were my choice, and, um, kind of a, um, I guess, I guess you'd call it, you know, a, a fun choice, and maybe it would be an alternate, it's kind of a spoiler for a game, um, but, I would love for them to either put it as a new character or put it as an alt. Um, give me the uh, pirate uh, Princess Zelda from Wind Waker. Okay. That'd in be there. Cool. Yeah, I think I think that of the uh, personifications of Zelda, um, I think that one was the most interesting um, in terms of uh, how they introduced and um, a lot less of a damsel in distress um, than most of the Zeldas. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that was the third one. It was, it was hard coming up with a third one because I didn't want to, cause you could do all the obvious ones, you know, I didn't want to steal any from you guys. Um, but that was the thing kept popping in my head. They have like multiple links. Why not give us a third Zelda? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, I, let's be honest. I don't think any of us are going to have the same, the same. Probably I think not. I think they're going to be all over the place. <laughs> I'm hoping you pick one that I think you picked up. I think I know which one you're going to pick, too, Tom. I, I have. You do. I don't think you do. Well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say afterwards what I expected you to pick. Okay. If I was wrong. And if you if I if I like that, maybe I'll pick that one. <laughs> well, you'll tag them in instead. Uh, all right, Jim, what do you got? So my first pick is uh, Kratos from God of War. But okay. I want I want old man Kratos in there because I want boy working with you. I want to hear him going, boy. Um, I want his scorpion style, you know, attack with the blades of chaos or maybe using the Leviathan axe. Like, you know how it has the Molnir effect to it. Like you throw it and it comes back. Yep. So I think that would be pretty badass. Um, I'm actually kind of a little bit surprised that he's not in already, but I guess because now they're branching out more. Um, I think it's because he was in PlayStation All-Star. He Rumble was, Rumble. yeah. 
Yes, yes, yes. So there, and there. there's a not a great history between Sony and Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but they got <laughs> Cloud. Yeah, that's Square Enix. I know, but it's a Sony only franchise. Technically, uh, well, no, so, is it? We can, we can, we can argue the technicalities because I think the studio that makes God of War is an actual Sony internal studio, while Square Enix is not. Um, that could be the difference, as petty as that is. Um, that sounds like it sounds like something Nintendo would do. <laughs> no, you guys screwed us over forty years ago. You can't have Kratos. <laughs> yeah, we don't want Kratos. Yeah, we don't want. Him. We'll pick another Sword Boy from Dragon Quest. We'll we'll take we'll take Dante. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Capcom's not doing it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Kratos was one. Um, I would also love to see Aloy. Of course, you're not surprised from Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn. That's cool. Uh, that could be like a. They could just turn her into like a, a Link esque character. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, because she has you know her her default would be her Nora outcast outfit, and then you can get her alternates in there. You can have different um, different outfits in there to unlock. And she could either have her bow and arrow or her spear as her main attack. And then I would love if you can call in a watcher for assistance as a special attack. And in case you don't, you don't know, the watchers are kind of, they're the machines with the one big, um, light. It almost looks like a, an eye on their forehead. Um, yeah. they kind of are like velociraptors essentially. So, uh, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, I could see Aloy being a very popular Smash character to use. Um, yeah, definitely. And then you have maybe hear me out on this one. I think it would be awesome, and you're not going to be surprised by this either. I think they should bring in Dovahkiin from Skyrim. <laughs> so my idea here is that you have him obviously in his armor, and he has you know his sword, but then he has some of the shouts like uh, the Odavine to call in Alduin, who is the the elder dragon. Just have the dragon like swoop across the thing and like knock people off, or the Fusroda, which is the unrelenting force. So stuff like that, I think, would be hilarious to have in Smash, but also <laughs> badass at the same time. So uh, of, of those three, yeah, just because of the way Phil Spencer is like courting Nintendo, that might be the most likely of, yeah. of those three. Because well, he's yeah. like, yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you the Skyrim guy now that we have Bethesda if you let us put Game Pass <laughs> on Switch. There you go. Oh <laughs> <laughs> man. Well, that's, that's a good list. Yeah. Uh, mine's going to be super weird compared to both of yours. <laughs> I picked John Wick for crying out loud. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my first pick is Wolverine. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's been used in a thousand fighting games, so why not put him in this? You need, uh, I feel like there aren't very many close combat characters. I think, like, Little Mac is the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Like, real, like they don't have any uh, distance attacks. Uh, so I think Wolverine would bring an interesting, interesting mix of gameplay to to Smash. Uh, my yeah, second, and if you're gonna pick an X Man, yeah, you know? I don't feel like I don't feel like another X Man would really work in this game. You could kind of, you could kind of say Gambit or maybe I'm thinking Gambit, <laughs> yeah, either Gambit or Cyclops. But I feel like Wolverine is more popular overall. Yeah. And you could also give him six thousand different outfits. Yep, this is yep, true. Including the one that looks like two Batman kissing. Exactly. <laughs> Look it up. Oh, I know, it's so funny. You'll never unsee it, warning, no, you'll never no. unsee it. No, once you've seen it, you'll never not see it again. Yep. Mark's going to enjoy my second pick. Yeah. Eddie Gordo. Ooh. So, 
he's very interesting in that he's a very acrobatic fighter, and the fact that he's always moving and dancing and doing something, he would make an interesting Smash character because you'd all like, you'd have to keep your eye on him at all times because you never know if he's attacking or just moving or whatever. And he could fly all the way across the screen if he wants to with that weird attack that he does. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought Eddie Gordo would be a good fit because now they have Tekken character in this game, so why not hmm. Eddie Gordo? All they need is they have the the wrestler that's a tiger. Isn't he just called or is, Tiger? Yeah. Or is it Soul Power? I don't know. No. No, no. Tiger's either in Tekken or the other one. Shit. Virtual Fighter? King is in Virtual Fighter, right? I can't remember. They're, this, they're like the yeah. same character. I think King's a Jaguar. But yeah. And then the last one's going to throw everybody for a loop. And that's Arthur from Ghosts and Goblins. I want Capcom again. Uh, because he's, again, he's a ranged character. And he can have a hundred different outfits, and one of them could be him in his underwear. <laughs> and you know, everyone would do that. Absolutely, that would be the only one ever anybody plays because he's got the red polka dotted underwear. <laughs> but yeah, and, and he can have different weapons. You could load him out with different weapons. That's how you play Ghosts and Goblins. You get the lance, or you get the 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 axe, or the dagger. So I fully customizable as well. You know what? Give me Amiibos for all of them while you're at it. Oh, there you go. Moneymaker right there. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Nintendo, just send me a check. I'll be waiting. Uh, so, what do you guys think? Who are we picking out of these, these nine people? I'm surprised you didn't pick Master Chief. Oh, my God. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't... I feel like you, shooting characters are tough. I feel like... I feel well, like... You have Samus. Yeah, but she doesn't have a gun, per se. Like, her and Mega gun. Man don't have... There, it's an energy ball. It's not bullets. I think that's the problem. <laughs> you can't have a character with bullets. I mean, you can. And you can, mean, but well, unless it's Sakurai's a, car- a coward. It's. <laughs> I don't think it's Sakurai. Uh-oh, I think it's, did we just did we just knock out John Wick? <laughs> I think we knocked out John Wick. I think I I I don't yeah, think it's yeah. Sakurai. I I think Sakurai would do whatever he wants, but he's stuck in a dungeon at, at Nintendo headquarters, Man. so. He doesn't really have a choice. So John wakes out. Uh, <laughs> let's Wick. see. Yeah. You guys underestimate John Wick more. <laughs> He's not really out. We just think he is. Let's see. I don't know that. Again, the whole Sony thing is weird. So I don't know. I don't know if they're going to give up one or two of their their big character. I think you have a better chance with Aloy, honestly. Really? Yeah, because it came out on PC. It's true. I feel like between. With the whole rivalry thing, I would think between the two, because Horizon is, you know, it's it's newer and you have the new game coming out. I feel like, in my opinion, it would be less likely for them to go with her. But then again, maybe it would be better because she's so relevant right now. Obviously, Kratos is super relevant as well, but mm. I don't know. It's hard to it. I get what you guys are saying about the rivalry thing. Um, So you're saying between Aloy and Kratos, you think that it would be a better like more realistic for Aloy to make it over Kratos. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And I think she's got a better moveset than person. Yeah, and I, I uh, what's that? I, maybe I'm the outlier here, but I actually think there's more you can do with the Dovahkiin than either of those characters, just with the shouts alone. Yeah, yeah. the shouts yeah. is the first thing I thought of. Obviously, you have his sword, but like, <laughs> how many shouts? Like twenty shouts or something. <laughs> Obviously, not all of them would be in it, but that would be hilarious to have some like, bus roda. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Uh, out of gens, I think I think 
the Dovahkiin, the probably your best bet. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine with Dovahkiin going to the finals. Yeah, yeah. I and just adding in the dragons and mm-hmm. yep. you know you can do a lot more with that character. Then as much as I love Aloy, they're outside of bringing in all the enemies she fights as like the you know the spirits or whatever they're the extra stuff is called mm-hmm. um, in Smash Ultimate. Um, there's no real. She has just that one like guy that's kind of a buffoon that she's sort of <laughs> friends with. Yeah. I, you know, like you know, but but yeah. I, the more I thought about it, yeah, you could I, and. For fans, you know, just hearing the shouts. Oh yeah, would be fun. It's uh, it's awesome and also hilarious at the same. And it way. would just be another thing that Skyrim. Right. And just, I mean, and Skyrim just, has and to be in everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell you 100 percent on it. Okay. Imagine Kirby with the helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I love Kirby. <laughs> That's how we should compare which one we should choose. Yeah. Which one would Kirby look the best as taking right. his power? So. So Jen, Jen, we got Jen's final rounder here. Yeah, um, so Mark, I, I think your, I think your Zelda pick is probably the best one. Yeah, honestly. it is. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I think. I don't think it's going to win, but it's probably the best of my three. If yeah. we're eliminating John Wick, even though I'd like to see Kirby in a suit, I'd Aww. love, to, I'd love to see Kirby in a suit because he has no legs. But that's yes. the <laughs> It'd be fun. <laughs> Kirby's turning out to be the best part of this conversation. <laughs> Um, and you also have to remember, Sakurai was the what creative director or whatever on Kirby. Oh, yes. you know, so well, that's everything why, that's revolves why Kirby, around Kirby. That's why Kirby doesn't die. Uh-huh. <laughs> Conspiracy theory, and I like it. Um, what do you guys think with mine? What do you What, what do you think? Um, I would say out of the three, I would go with Wolverine. Yeah. Just because of the appeal behind him, and like you said, out of all the X Men, if you're going to go into the X Men. You kind of have to pick Wolverine. And the only other person, I mean, I love Gambit. I love the hell out of Gambit. But if you were to pick Gambit over like Wolverine or Cyclops, somebody would have a heart attack yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gambit's third. Yeah, um, but it's sure. definitely those three. Unless if, the only other one that would be interesting would be Rogue with the, you know, can steal the powers. Powers. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, if you get a Ditto or something. Yeah, that, that would be the. Fun. Yeah, that would be the only other X-Men that would, you know, uh, fit. And I'm trying to think of the, in a fighting game world, there are some of our choices that would be better. But in a Smash world, you have to think of, you know, what the final Smash would look like, all those little extra things that they throw in there in the background, their stages. Yeah, the theatrics. You know, and, you know, that's why, yeah, yeah. Wolverine you could do a lot with. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, it could be... I. I would say we'll say Wolverine is the choice, but if they, like, you could see Cyclops outside of being just honestly a boring character. Um, yeah. He's the, he's the Hawkeye of the X-Men. <laughs> um, I don't even know if that's true. I just wanted to say that. I mean, yeah, no, he's, kind of a, he's kind of lame. He's kind of a lame character. No, Well, wait, I'm confused because Mark just said he's the Hawkeye of the X-Men. So wouldn't that make him the best X-Man? Oh, That's no. what I got I mean, out of that statement. He's the most boring and useless. And who also thinks he's a leader? Um, well, he technically is the leader, I guess. Yeah. Technically, we're going to. We're going to. Can't gonna wait go for that. Kurt's tweet yeah. if he loves X Men about this. Because <laughs> um, I don't even know if I 100% believe the joke I just made about Cyclops. Um, <laughs> all right. So we've got Wolverine, mm-hmm. uh, the guy from Skyrim, and the pirate Zelda. Yep. Yeah. 
So okay. I have two answers for the okay. winner. Well, I was going to say, well, you give your rank one, two, three, and then we'll try to do points, I guess. <laughs> three yes. points for first place, two points for second, one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, mine is um, in terms of uh, the ones I would uh, want to see in the game, we'll go, it goes uh, Dovahkiin, Zelda, Wolverine. Um, just because in my head, I'm just thinking of all that extra stuff with the Skyrim character. Um, mm-hmm. and because, you know, they have, there's all the different weapons and, you know, he does magic too. Um, uh, and then the Zelda one would be number one if we were doing a one that would be most likely to happen, um, of them, in my opinion. Um, just because, uh, Nintendo and Sakurai like to just rehash as many characters from their main things as possible. Well, yeah, they and don't Dragon want to... Quest. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and... An unknown yeah. Fire Emblem character. And Wolverine's <laughs> such a... The X-Men... Uh, I think it's because he's been in a lot more. Is maybe why in, I'm... Right, he's been in a hundred Marvel yeah. versus Capcom, yeah. Uh, yeah, Street that, Fighter versus X-Men. Yeah, like, yeah, he's that, been in everything. Anything that's why I think the Dovahkiin yeah, is, um, you know, would be my choice. Okay. Jen? Um, I would have to say, I would probably have the same order as Mark. Dovahkiin, then Zelda, then, um, then Wolverine. Just because of the two points that Mark just made. Um, Wolverine has been in everything already. And I feel like if they went, even though Zelda's the obvious or most realistic one out of the three, I think, I think people would be upset if they went yes. with Zelda, you know, as like the final spot. Yeah. But I think it would be awesome if there was more opportunities to have more than, of course, add her. Just that would be badass. But I think I think Dovahkiin is the most unique one. Like, it's just like uh, the wild card kind of or a wild card to throw in there. <laughs> Yeah. And again, I just got to bring it back to the shouts <laughs> and having the dragon swoop in and it just being like a total like clusterfuck, but in the best way possible. So. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, I'm going to go Dovahkiin number one also. I'm going to go Wolverine number two and Zelda number three just because Zelda is already in the game. And it, it would just be a rehash of a character. No offense, Mark. I like the idea. I just... I feel like if you're going to do that, make it a, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so Dovahkiin wins. Yay. Oh, Bus unanimously. Unanimous. Yeah. When yeah. do we ever agree on anything? Yeah. Uh, never really. Um, <laughs> I think we might have hated one game all at the same time um, mm. at some point yeah. for yeah. roulette. Um, yeah. And, I will, yeah. and I will throw in at the end of this conversation. I would like to nominate replacing a character in Smash Brothers. Um, I think they should take out Byleth and put in Edelgard. So, okay. From sure. Fire Emblem. <laughs> I, I don't understand why they have so many Fire Emblem characters. It just makes well, no I, sense. I don't know why they put the silent protagonist in there. Uh, and not from... the, and not the uh, greatest character that I want to hit me with a shovel. <laughs> wow. Is that similar to Step on You but with uh, Lady Dimitrescu? Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the step on me and, you know, other things she could do um, <laughs> is because of how big she is. Right, right. Uh, Edelgard, just, she can just beat the crap out of me at once. <laughs> yeah, same, same vein. Yeah, yeah she, she's, she's definitely a dom. <laughs> so, so you guys heard it here first. It's going to be Dovahkiin from Skyrim to be your, ne- your next and last Smash Bros. character. Da-da-da, da-da-da. 
Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's never going to happen. But what if it turns out that you know, in some way, you know, they they do announce that last character is a Microsoft character, and they combine it with getting Game Pass on this. Oh It'd be the God. greatest day in Nintendo's history. <laughs> and my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not even not even like, it doesn't have to be Dovahkiin. It could be like a Fallout character or the Doom guy or something oh, yeah, like Doom that. Guy. You know, um, again, bullets is your problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and change the the BFG, um, but no. But I'm just saying it could be anyone. Like that. That would. That would. That would be the. That's the like bold pie in the sky take. Is that they mash up this last character with the announcement of Game Pass? That would be wild. Yeah, be, I mean, it'd be awesome. I'd that would be, be incredible. I'd be super into it. Then I, I, I could say that maybe the, the Switch Killer might not be the Switch Killer. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> hot takes hot takes all day you heard it but yeah okay so that's i think that's good that was a lot of fun i think i think that's a really cool interesting character that, that can be. all right so apparently we're we decided to talk all nintendo this week. so we played retro roulette this week we played super mario brothers 3 and we have someone on this podcast who technically i mean almost has never played the game and she had she played it once uh, probably a probably when she was a young child and never again. And I find that super interesting. And it's one of the reasons we do this retro roulette thing is because Jen doesn't know any NES games. <laughs> nope. Sure don't. Well, now I do, but I didn't. Right. And that, that is my favorite part of retro roulette, too. Well, let's, let's get Mark out of the way first. Yeah. I want to hear what Jen has to say about this. But, Mark, uh, okay. we, you and I have played this game for, um, probably a million times. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, What's amazing about these games, and it's sort of um, what happens anytime I pick up an, an NES game I've played a ton of, is you almost basically memorize the first half of like the first level of the game, like the like in this case the first world, and you're like, all right, I remember this level, and you kind of go through it without too many mistakes, um, and then and then you start getting to levels a little bit later on. I uh, full disclosure, I only made it to level three. Um, without whistles. Um, and you get the parts of the, of the sand level. Um, and it's like, oh, I don't remember this at all. Like this. Okay. I remember some of the sand levels, but this, this, I don't remember. I remember the sun. I remember that one that's like weirdly indoors, which is, I think the one when you go inside the pyramid or something. Yeah. Um, well, it's, and, it, it's something that happens in this game because the warp whistles exist. Yeah. It's rare that you ever sit down and play it without using it. Yeah, I I probably um, I probably remember the first and second levels of the last world more than I do anything worlds three and like past that. Exactly. You no, know, I like I, think, I, I I was gonna say I remember world four because that's the world where everything is humongous. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the furthest I've ever made it with a literal straight playthrough. Yeah. Um, just because of the punishing. Um, respawn when you lose all your lives. You you start the world over again and you have to beat all the levels again, which uh, is brutal. Yeah, it's not like it's not like any of the Mario's after this. You know, I think world you die and but nothing resets, and it's especially true in '64 and forward. Um, but yeah, um, it's still fun. That game that is one of those games, and it's what we mentioned on the stream that is easy to pick up and play because the levels are insanely short. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and maybe maybe all of them are. I haven't played the original in a while, um, 
but maybe they're, they're all pretty short and it just, when we were younger, they seemed so much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah. I think Super Mario Brothers three levels are the shortest until you get that to could be true. Until I would I, have to seriously look at and see what the timer is on both of them to see. Cause, cause two, the levels are huge. They're, they're, they're ridiculous. Well, cause it's not a Mario game. <laughs> um, the, the, and I don't say that saying that two USA is not a Mario game. It's obviously in the lineage. It's just the game wasn't designed as a Mario game. So, you know, all the, all the stuff they did in one and three, nowhere to be seen in, in two USA. Uh, and even, even two Japan is longer levels. Okay. You know, as I was watching, um, you know, Brad Shoemaker and Giant Bomb play through it. Um, so, oh, now I know why the Japanese thought this was going to be too hard for Americans, um, mm. or the West. Um, when I'm like, oh, these are a little bit longer and tougher levels, um, even right from the jump. But yeah, final thought on this, uh, the, the little side games are great. Um, you know, uh, know, knowing the tricks for getting, getting the stuff to get the extra lives makes it almost if you're remotely, um, on your game playing it, you shouldn't have any issues with lives. Um, if you're, if you're any good at, um, platformers and you're having a good night, um, because you can easily, if, if you know the timing, you can get the star each time and that's five lives every three to four levels. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's a classic game. I mean, there was a reason it was probably one of the, and people can correct me if I'm wrong out there. But I believe it's one of the first, like, like, big hype games um, of of the resurgence of video games after, you know, the NES. Well, yeah, they Hang centered on. a whole movie around it. Yeah. Yeah, that was my point. They literally put it in a, the center of a movie. Um, and it, it's got that feel to it. Yeah, I am interested to see someone that is playing it for the first time after playing through probably mostly all the 3D Marios before this um, and going back to um, this one, which is Probably a larger percentage um, of people our age, their first taste of Mario. Yeah. You're saying yeah. Mario, you, Super Mario Brothers 3 is their first take, taste? Usually, or because what think about, about it, we were all like somewhere between 3 and 8, you know, when it came out, depending on what edge of the scale you are listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless if, you know, your, your family, you know, had... Um, you know, an NES already and had the games. Um, you, you may have played one before three, um, but three was such a hype machine and, you know, we would have been right at that age, um, uh, you know, where that could have been, we got the NES, got Mario three and then went back and, you know, played the other ones at friends' houses as we got older mm-hmm. because they had siblings that had it. I don't know. I'm just thinking age wise, it lines up perfectly. Yeah. You know? That makes sense. I just wanted to make sure yeah. I understood what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go real quick. Sure. I love, I, I, because I, I don't have too much to say. Uh, I love the game, even though I was having a difficult time playing it on stream. Difficult to play this game and talk at the same time. But overall, Super Mario Brothers 3 is just a classic. Uh, it's, it, it's, it, it's close, as close to platforming perfection that you can get with, with still a good amount of, uh, difficulty. It's not. It's not super easy. You're not gonna blow through it, but it's. Uh, it's got a lot of different worlds and different interesting things in each world, and I super enjoy jumping back in and going back and playing the levels that I 
don't really play. Because, like Mark and I said, a lot of times we just would go in and just use the whistles and go to the end instead of actually trying to play the game as you were intended. So uh, it was fun to go back through and play the levels that I hadn't. Okay, Jack. Stage is yours. One thing I want to clarify on my thing, um, because I think this is why Jan asked the question. Obviously, I meant, you know, Mario 3 would have been the first game for families that would have owned or purchased an NES. Um, You know, there's a good chance that people our age, Mario 64 was the first one, you know, because that was the first system brought into the house Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So clarify that before I get to (laughs) it. Are you saying don't at me? Don't at me on that. <laughs> um, so I am really happy that we got to play this game because, as you guys alluded to, it's been forever since I played this game. Um, out of all of the Super Mario Brothers games, I would say Super Mario 64, as Mark just mentioned, was my, I want to say it was my first Mario game, probably, that I really played. You know, like when you're a kid, yeah. you pick it up for a couple seconds, maybe, but... That was my first Mario game, and it was amazing. Obviously, we all know that. Um, and the other Mario game that I played the crap out of was Super Mario Brothers Deluxe for the Game Boy Color. So um, I didn't really play a lot of Super Mario Brothers three growing up, but again, I know I know I played it a little bit. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it. My biggest gripe with this game, and I think Mark, you mentioned this already, was the fact that you can't. It, the levels are short. But, you know, when you have the the castle fights and it's maybe like four sequences in one level before you get to the end and you die, you start all over again from the beginning. And that really irritates me. I want to have a point where if I I pass a certain point in the level and I die, then it's going to restart me at that point. That's my biggest complaint about the game. Um, I think it has the difficulty that you appreciate from a Mario game where it can be super frustrating, but you still want to keep playing it because you want to beat it. Um, and it's fun and it's not, it's not difficult to pick up and play. Obviously you have the classic music that everyone likes. Um, it's just a lot of fun. And I love the little mini games that are in it too, to kind of give you the, the cards and stuff to help you along. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. I mean, I sort of cheated a little bit. I played it on the switch uh, in the Nintendo store on the Switch. So I learned, thanks to Tom and Mark, how to save my progress. <laughs> You're welcome. So, yeah, thank you. I got around my biggest uh, gripe with the game. But I'm mean, kind of not really, actually. I, if I die in the level, I'm still going back to the start. But um, at least I get to save my progress before I lose all my lives. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have any complaints about it. I mean, the difficulty definitely ramps up pretty quickly in this game um you know you have the the sun that's trying to kill you which is super irritating and you have the blocks that are jumping around and you have the stupid uh, i don't know what they're called the the fire caterpillar things i don't know what to to (laughs) call it the things that chase you around and and you have the the plants in this game which are way more aggressive than i remember them being um in other mario games and you you have a lot it's it's not easy it's definitely not easy but like i said i think I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I think that it it definitely motivates you to keep trying, even though it's hard and you're going to fail a bunch of times. It, there's something about it that made me want to keep playing it. It's not one of those games where I wanted to like rage quit and never touch it again. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really have any complaints. I had a fun time playing it. I'm really happy because, as Mark said before, we had to 
record this podcast shortly after the last one. I think this was like the perfect kind of game to play yeah. in a short amount of time. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because it's not, you know, like a complex storyline and you need to play it for X amount of hours to really get a feel for it. Um, it's yeah. something that you can pick up and play and put it down and come back to it. So I really liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, so uh, storyline-wise, this is um, the... I kind of, um, I guess what you're doing is saving all the kings, and then I guess Bowser has captured Princess Peach, as usual, yeah. um, sort of thing. But it always, I always make the joke that, you know, for someone that doesn't like to be kidnapped, <laughs> she gets kidnapped an awful lot by the same giant dragon turtle man yes, she all does. the time. She's probably the most disappointed person when you beat the game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get some scores. Mark, what do you give this game? Yeah, so from everything I said, this game, just like last week's game, this is a 5 out of 5. It's the um, uh, the only slightly hot take that I would probably have is I think it's the second best Mario game of all time. Um, and I put it behind World, because I think Super Mario World is probably one of the best 2D platformers of all time, if not the best. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it just... This game is easy to pick up, easy to play. It's fun. All the levels are different and interesting. Um, you don't get bored at any point, which is very much the problem with uh, a game like Sonic, uh, which was a competitor, you know, for years. Mm. Um, is that those levels get boring and repetitive after a while? Um, but yeah, I, I I highly recommend this game. It's just like it's just like the feeling I have with in the past is you know the first game is great. And sets the standard, and it's amazing. Um, but the the third game is the one that that sort of perfects the style, and then it, you know, and then the fourth one for Mario is the one where it just there's no flaws in that game. So um, yeah, yeah, five out of five. For me. Okay, Jen. I'm giving this a four point five out of five. Um, I had some gripes with it, so I, I can't justify myself giving it a five out of five, but uh, I can definitely respect why, you know, you would give it a five out of five. It's, it's a solid game. It's everything that you enjoy about Mario. Um, like Mark said, it's easy to pick up. It's fun to play. It's not, it's not frustrating in the sense that you're going to put it down and never play it again, you know, and, and you can continue to play this game pretty much forever. It's timeless. Um, you can play all, you know, all the other Mario games. There's still something about this game that you'd want to come back to and play. Um, like I said, the levels are difficult, but not, you know, impossible. So, yeah, 4.5 out of 5 for me. I'm going to go 5 out of 5. It's, it's definitely, like I said, as close as you can get to platforming perfection, personally. Uh, and I, I feel like, you know, if, you, if you've never played a platformer game or a Mario game, start with this one. Uh, you can... You can have it be as easy or as hard as you as you want, I guess. If you if you know how to get warp whistles, you can you know just go straight to the end if you really wanted to, and that's cool. If you want to do that, that's fine. I don't I I don't have a problem with that. That's generally how I play the game. So uh, go ahead and do that, and it's on everything. You can play this mm-hmm. game anywhere. It's on the Switch. It's on the Wii. It's on the Wii U. Um, it's on the it's on the Game Boy Advance, it's on it's on 3DS, you can get it anywhere. I and honestly think the only place it's not, it might be 60. Yeah, well that's because they didn't have any NES ports on that. It may yeah. even, you might even be able to play it on Game, I don't know. 
It may be an Animal Crossing. Yeah, or it could be like a, a, a special GameCube Mario disc like they did for Zelda. Yeah. It's out there. But yeah, it's easy to find, it's easy to pick up and play. I would just make sure you're playing on something as low lag as possible. It's going to suck if it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. But yeah, that's big, big score, big game. We all loved it, and I'm happy that Jen got to experience it. Like, Yeah, me too. All right. It's time to spin the wheel. Interesting. We got a PlayStation game this week. Ooh. We're playing Grand Theft Auto 2. So, we played Vice City, which was a three-dimensional game. Grand Theft Auto 2 is a top-down yeah. game. So, this is going to be interesting. I have not really played Grand Theft Auto 2. So, uh, I'm interested to see how... I don't even, Like I said, I don't even know how to play it. So, we'll, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, we'll learn together. Yeah, I believe, I believe Grand Theft Auto 2 is set in London? Either one or two is set in London. And the other one, I think, is New York. Yeah. One's Liberty City and the other one's London. I can't remember which one's which, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this one, if I remember correctly, has like three factions and all that stuff. When they tra- got a little more complicated. Yeah. Stuff, but... Yeah, I played these two. I rented both of them. Um, and then three was my first actual purchase of a Grand Theft Auto game. But yeah, yeah these, these are much, much different games. For sure. Yeah, that's the, that is for 100% sure. Yeah, not even, not even just like perspective-wise, you know... The type of game and story and stuff like that is fun. I'm excited. It, yeah, so it, am I. I haven't played two in a long time. I played one more recently. Uh, it does, doesn't hold up great because it's early <laughs> PlayStation. Well, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm excited. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, Mark, you want to let everybody know about our family of podcasts? Yeah, yeah. So, um, it, Stranger Damies, our D&D podcast, airs every uh, other Wednesday on your podcast services. Uh, by the time this one airs, you have probably um, heard, or I'll probably rush order the uh, the, the talking to strangers that we're going to record um, um, this Friday, um, where we're going to announce that um, we're probably going to be at least putting streaming on a hiatus um, for our sessions uh, from here on out because we're gonna we're gonna give you something even better. We're gonna be doing live sessions um, in person for us. Um, so that should up the entertainment value on the podcast end of it. Um, but it would have made the uh, video production a lot more exhausting um, for us. And we would rather give you a better podcast and a game than, you know, the need to force video. So um, we'll get into it deeper. Um, if you haven't listened already, please be sure to check out that Talking to Strangers, either on the uh, the Twitch archive or um, on, you know, the, the podcast. Um, which I'll make sure comes out um, the week before this. Uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah. And then we have They Called Us a Movie, uh, which is our movie podcast. It airs every Thursday. We're on uh, all podcast services, um, including Spreaker. Um, and you can find us at the main Damie there. And TheMainDamie.com uh, is where all of our podcasts and writing live. Uh, so be sure to check it out sometime. Uh, it's TheMainDamie.com. And be sure for all the podcasts and stuff we mentioned, uh, leave five-star reviews on Apple or wherever you listen to a podcast. Um, subscribe to the Game you know, Game Ball Pod YouTube channel and stuff like that. Uh, make sure you help us uh, be able to uh, increase those numbers. And uh, Jen, speaking of numbers we would like to increase, mm-hmm. um, what's the streaming schedule? <laughs> so starting with Mondays, 
it will always alternate. So it'll either be Retro Roulette, where Tom plays our newest Retro Roulette game and gives his initial thoughts, or it'll be Retro Mondays with Tom, where he's most likely going to be playing um, an RPG game. Currently, he's going through Suikoden, and it's coming to an end, so you'll have to stick around and see what he chooses next. Um, Tuesdays is always a day off for us on the stream. Wednesdays, the three of us get together and we play Apex Legends. Currently, we're calling it Apex After Dark, but... Um, that might be changing soon. We're trying to hash out some ideas on what we're going to do next. Thursdays is Paper Markio, where just as it sounds, Mark is playing through Paper Mario. Um, we also have a fun game planned after that is wrapped up as well. Um, and then Fridays alternates for us as well. It's either going to be a day off for us because that's typically when we review our, when we record our podcast, or, um, it is currently live Dungeons and Dragons with Stranger Damies. But as Mark mentioned, we are going to be um, no longer live streaming it. We're going to be recording it instead. So stay tuned for when we officially announce that coming to an end. Uh, Saturdays is Mass Effect with Mark. Um, or just as it sounds, Mark's playing through Mass Effect. And then Sundays is kind of a day off right now, just because um, my husband, Dan, and friend of the podcast as well, he would play through Breath of the Wild. But um, things have been a bit busy this summer, so he hasn't streamed in a while. So as of right now, it's a day off. It could also be a wild card day for anyone to jump in and stream. Um, but yeah, that is our current stream schedule. It's always evolving. So the best place to go to see what we're playing and when we're going to be playing is our Twitter account, at GameVaultPod. Awesome. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. We all had a lot of fun putting it together for you guys. Uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to mention that we are an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. If you have any need for retro console accessories, whether it be cables, controllers, memory cards, power supplies, anything like that that you might need, head on over there via the link that's in the description or uh, or in uh, the, the YouTube field if you're watching this on YouTube. And uh, if when you click through that and if you purchase something, it gives us a little kickback anytime you use it. It helps us make these podcasts and our streams better for you guys. So thank you again for everybody joining us. I hope you are all staying safe, be well, and for Mark and Jenny and Tom, and we'll catch you guys in the next one.